You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. I'm 
Listening to African Perspectives, where we view the issues of our day from an African worldview and African centered perspective. This program is unapologetically African. It is a custom in the African tradition to ask elders for permission to speak, having been granted permission. To our ancestors, whose shoulders we stand on, to our elders, whose shadows we walk in, I greet you, my dear brothers and sisters. In the language of one of the greatest civilizations on this planet, it gave the world the basic disciplines of knowledge of science, math, architecture, music, writing, law, religion, you name it, we did it. The Greeks called it Egypt, but they called themselves Kemet, and Kemet means land of the blacks. I greet you all in the Kemetic language, the word of peace, Hotep. It is truly an honor and a privilege to pour libation because we truly do stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. We're going to use water because water has no enemies. Water is the great cleanser, the great purifier. Everything on the planet that lives, it needs water from a tiny microscopic organism to a tall redwood tree. We pour water into the earth to invoke the spirits of our ancestors and we say the word ashe. It simply means so be it. So we pour this libation to God for all that God has done and for all that God will do. We sashay. We pour this libation to Mother Africa, birthplace of all humanity, everyone who has lived, everyone who will live in the future. We all have a common ancestral root in Africa. We pour this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. I mentioned Kemet in the opening. Kemet was the height, the apex, the zenith of African high culture. But there were others as well, as Tymeri, Punt, and Nubia. So we poured a libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. 
You say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa, of Ghana, Mali, Zangai, Benin, Great Zimbabwe. Civilizations that were flourishing and growing while Europe was in a medieval or dark age. The University of Sankare at Timbuktu, an outstanding educational institution. So we poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the Ma'afa, the holocaust of our enslavement, the Infakani, the great tragedy, uprooted out of Africa. Our brothers and sisters lay a carpet along the Atlantic Ocean. We're in North America, South America, Central America, and throughout the diaspora. So we poured us libation to our brothers and sisters who suffered the Ma'afa, the Infakani, the holocaust of our enslavement, the great tragedy. We poured us libation in their honor and in their memory. We do not know their names, but because of them and their sacrifice, we are here. So we sashay. We poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. If you ever heard me do a libation, you will know that we were not slaves. I repeat, we were not slaves. We were captives. What does a captive want to do? Get free. So we poured us libation to all those men and women who fought against enslavement. In fact, I maintain that some of us are more of a slave today than we were in our initial captivity because some of us are a slave to vice, to corruption, to drugs, sex, and violence. So we poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. Gabriel Prosser, Nat Turner, Denmark Vesey, Harriet Tutman. We always resisted. And we will always resist. So we poured us libation in the name and the honor of those men and women who fought against our captivity. We poured us libation to those unborn, those young men and women who will once again lead us back on the stage of human history as a free and proud and productive people. We sashay. We poured us libation to brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. We need each other. We don't have good family life. There's a saying, conditions shape conduct and consciousness. The conditions in our community are bad. The conduct towards each other is not good. Because why? We lack consciousness. And consciousness is more than just awareness. Consciousness is a deeper understanding of who you are historically, who you are culturally. So once we begin to understand the importance of brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. Brothers and sisters, let us all say, Ashe, Ashe. You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Good morning, African world. You are listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. And I am your host, Brother Oshi. Hotel family. Hope everything was well with you today. Hope you're going to have a good day today. Hope you had a great weekend. Hope you had a chance to do all the things you want to do, should do, must do, can do, and will do. And I hope the weather was accommodating for you to do it. But of course, if it was not and it had to get done, I know. You got it done, because that's the kind of brother and sister that you is, and that's why we love you and respect you and 
admire you and support you because you get things done. That's why we got to find those people to get things done. That's for sure. You're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on TimeForAnAwakening.com and BlackTalkRadioNetwork.com. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., 10 to 12 Central, 9 to 11 Mountain, or 8 to 10 Pacific, or any other time around the world. But if you cannot listen to this program live, you can always go to our archives at TimeForAnAwakening.com. At the top of the page, you'll see podcasts. Click on that. The drop down, you'll see African Perspectives. Click on ahead and there will be programs that are dated and titled. Thanks to my good brother, Brother Kwaku. We appreciate him tremendously for what he does to support this program and help to help keep us going. You know, that's, that's the bottom line. We've got to continue to keep going to get this information out. I'm just glad to be back. I'm glad to be back. Yeah, I was in Milwaukee doing a few things I'll talk about that let me just get through the regular um, introductions and announcements and all that kind of stuff and just have some conversation about what's going on and everything like that and uh, you of course you can join this conversation by dialing 215-490-9832 215-490-9832 other programming we have here on Time for an Awakening Media on Mondays, Black Therapy Central at 8 p.m. from 8 to 9. Black Therapy Central with Dr. Kamal Kamban, Dr. Bawia Kamban, and Nataki Kamban. On Tuesdays, Black Reality Think Tank with Dr. William Rogers from 8 to 10. Had a great visit with Dr. Rogers. And I uh, always look forward to talking with Dr. Rogers, man. That's a good brother. On Wednesdays, the Black Farmers Report from 8 to 9 every Wednesday. And then on Friday, if it's Friday and it's 8 p.m. Eastern, you know it is time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. Then on Saturdays, from 7 to 9 p.m. on Saturdays, the Sankofa Elders Council. And then once again on Sunday at 7 p.m., it's time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. And the number to call is 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. We Buy Black. We Buy Black. Get everything you need. The largest online marketplace for American African-owned businesses is WeBuyBlack.com. Get everything you need from American African-owned businesses. WeBuyBlack.com. Products that are produced by us, sold by us. Man, we got to support us. So we got to do that. While I was in Milwaukee, I had the opportunity to see the, the sister that owns Diane's former um, service station. It's a, it's a BP located on 8th and Atkinson in Milwaukee. It's the only American-African service station now in Milwaukee. And a nice young sister, man. And um, I hope everybody continues to support her. And to the, to the extent that she has to expand, to the extent that she has to get two, three more service stations. I hope. We can always hope, can't we? That's right. <laughs> Africa for the Africans, Brother Bomani Tahimba. And uh, he has gone already. Well, tomorrow. He's leaving tomorrow for Ghana, May 24th to June 5th. Uh, May 24th to June 5th. Tomorrow he leaves and comes back on June 5th and uh, going to Ghana. And, of course, he has a great program 
you know, great things that they're going to be doing in Ghana. Nice places to go and everything like that. You know, Brother Monty, he's been doing it for quite a while, 400, almost four, four or 455 people, you know, that he has taken to to Africa and just supplied them with a trip of a lifetime and opportunities of a lifetime, but repatriation and investment and so forth. So go to AfricaForTheAfricans.org. Um, November 17th through the 28th, Tanzania. And then <clears throat> December 24th to June, June, <laughs> December 24th to January 5th, 2023, uh, to Ghana. And then the trip that was postponed from last uh, month, back in March, um, March 31st to April 10th to Senegal and Gambia. And then um, May 24th to June 5th, uh, Ghana. Again, May 24th to June 5th, Ghana, just like May 24th to June 5th of this year. It's going to be May 24th to June 5th next year, 2023, to Ghana. July 20th to the 29th, Liberia. And then um, we got... uh, November 16th through the 27th of 2023 to Tanzania. And December 24th to January 4th, 2024, South Africa. Brothers and sisters, go online to Africa for the African for opportunities to buy land, to invest, to earn, to learn about repatriation, to look at the community, the Pan-African community in Ghana. And everything you need to make that trip of a lifetime is on that website, all the things that you may need, visas, shots, and so forth, okay? All right. Habesha, Incorporated.org, Habesha stands for helping Africa by establishing schools at home and abroad. Habesha, and they're doing great work. They're doing great work with the Habesha Works Program, Black to Our Roots, Sustainable Seeds, Golden Growers, and Urban Green Jobs, and of course, the Kashi Project. There is going to be and Kashi International launch October 8th through the 17th of this year in Ghana. October 8th through the 17th of this year. The buildings are up. I mean, it's going to be a really beautiful um, <clears throat> display and presentation to those who want to go to Ghana. Contact HabashaIncorporated.org. The LEDGE program. LEDGE stands for Land for the Environmental Development for Group Economics. The LEDGE program. The ledge deals with the four areas of human existence because without these four areas of human existence, it's going to be tough to live. Food, water, clothing, and shelter. You know, they have 12 projects in six different countries or 170 employed and over 260 members. Become a member of the ledge group. And if you do, you have, you have an opportunity to buy land in Tanzania. $250 an acre. I, I don't know if that's still is um, available, but I believe that it is. Give me get somebody from the Ledge Group uh, and talk about it again because that's a, a great opportunity. And, of course, you know, they do great work. Great work. Abibiatumi, A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I.com, Abibiatumi.com, anti-racist philosophy in contemporary African music videos exploring the reoccurring themes and that's something that is being offered 
at bbatumi that's happening bbatumi.com brothers and sisters go to bbatumi.com and check it out Smy Pharmacy S-M-A-I F-A-R-M-A-C-Y Smy Pharmacy Brother Jabril contact Brother Jabril um, you can give him a call at 731-327-6229-731-327-6229 at Smy Pharmacy. You also can contact uh, my good brother at, um, okay, about that. sorry about that, at uh, email at Smy Pharmacy at Gmail. Smy Pharmacy at Gmail. S-M-A-I-F-A-R-M-A-C-Y at gmail.com. Smy Pharmacy. Wadada's Healthy Marketing Juice Bar, located here in Atlanta, in the West End, right across the street from Soul Vegetarian Restaurant, up the street from the Shrine of the Black Madonna, all up in that area. You know, he's the uh, West End Mall and all that good stuff right over here. You know, Ralph David Abernathy, Lee Street, the West End, here in Atlanta, historic West End. And the Wadada is located at 878 Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard. Wadada is where they uh, seriously have established themselves. They, I remember when, they, when the sister first opened it up, when she first opened. And, um, you know, it's a nice size area she has, and everything's in the front of the building, but in the back, they built it up now. It's great. You know, so check out Wadada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar located on Ralph Debbie Abernathy. Or give them a call at 404-444-1635. 404-444-1635. Wadada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar. The Meddu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall. The Meddu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall. Give Mama Nia a call at 404 404- Three four six three two six three four zero four three four six three two six three. If there's a book you're looking for, she doesn't have it. She'll get it. But if you, she's got it. You got it too, brothers and sisters. Give her a call, and or more importantly, go to the Greenbrier Mall and check her out. She's right on the main strip of Greenbrier. Nice, uh, bigger location than what she had. More room, and and um, she has the finest selections of books, postcards, greeting cards, gift certificates, T-shirts, figurines, all kind of good stuff at the Medu. Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall. Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore in Lithonia. Brother Gazim Diajama, I got to get his new phone number. In fact, he's having a, uh, a piece that uh, I'll mention a little bit later with Baba Baruni this weekend. And Athletics, which is has a store in the New Black Wall Street in Stonecrest. The New Black Wall Street. The New Black Wall Street Market, brothers and sisters. Got to check it out here in Atlanta, the new Black Wall Street Market. And uh, it's located right there in, uh, it, you know, it used to be a Target. And they built all kinds of stores within it. And I mean, it's just going to be great. And, and brothers and sisters have been telling me that they've been doing good. And so I'm really happy to hear this and really happy about it. So, the New Black Wall Street Market. Us lifting us to economic development for cooperative for our people in the spirit of Ujamaa. Us lifting us every Thursday night in the Thursday night broadcast 
that Thursday night broadcast is on Blog Talk Radio, blogtalkradio.com forward slash ULU, us lifting us. You can uh, listen online by going to blogtalkradio.com, ULU, or you can call in and listen, or if you got questions or comments or concerns, and give those at 9 o'clock from 9 to 10 every Thursday night, 9 to 10, dial 929. 477-2789. That's 929. 477-2789. Us lifting us. I know my brother's not open on Mondays, but Brother BJ is open from Tuesday to Sunday, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. Brother BJ. 477-2789. Yep. And um, so Brother BJ at Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop. Yep, Homeland Village. He's, I mean, that brother has a whole bunch of stuff stacked in his store. You know, I went to Brother Earl in Milwaukee, man, and I thought about that because Earl, Earl's show, store is so small. you got a little walkway, but he, whatever you need is up in there if it's African-centered. you got T-shirts, books, creams, all kind of good stuff, clothing. Brother Earl's got it. In fact, I bought an a Omec T-shirt from Brother Earl and, and some more Darbar. Yes, that's right. Some more Darbar. Can't get enough of Darby, brothers and brothers and sisters. You can't. That's a great oil. And it's hard to find, but Brother Earl comes up with it, so I'm thankful for that. And so I'll go ahead and, and purchase that. But the Homeland Village in uh, Macon, give Brother BJ a call at 478-256-1166. That's 478-256-1166. Sun Goddess Sense, your one-stop natural shop located at 4140 Jonesboro Road. In Forest Park, Georgia, inside the International Discount Mall, booth 225. That's right. Give my good sister Shelly Amonset a call at 404-434-7963. That's 404-434-7963. Sun Goddess Scents, your one-stop natural shop located in Forest Park, Georgia. Sanjay-Haiti.org, Sister Gabriella Aurelia has been doing outstanding work, Sister Gabby, with our children in the northeast portion of the island of Haiti. And as you know, there is no funding from the government. It relies totally on brothers and sisters like you to help make donations, continuous if you can or one time if you can, whatever you can do, please do. And that's go to Sanjay, S-O-N-J-E dash, I-E-T-A-Y-I-T-I dot org. Sanjay dash Haiti dot org. You know, they got the school, children with the beautiful uniforms, health care, sustainable agriculture. And of course, they got some entrepreneurship with all the stuff that they build and grow and grow. It's just great. Baba Baruti at Akabin Institute. Akaban House. Akaban House is where the books are sold. Akaban Institute is where Baba Baruti teaches in in, uh, NEI, his lovely wife, and they've been doing an outstanding job of educating young warriors. But of course, they need help. So, brothers and sisters, if you old school like me, make your check or money order out to Akaban Institute. Send it to P.O. Box 10786. P.O. Box 10786, Atlanta, Georgia, 30310. But if you use PayPal, you can just go to PayPal and put in Yah, Y-A-A, Baruti, at yahoo.com. 
If you use Cash App, put the dollar sign in, Yah, Y-A-A, the letter M, but then Baruti, B-A-R-U-T-I, for Cash App and make your constant donations. And of course, if you are looking to get some of Baba Baruti's literature, go to AkabinHouse.com. AkabinHouse.com. He is a great writer, prolific writer, and uh, he is somebody that, um, you know, in the forefront of the African-centered sovereignty movement. Just a dynamic brother. And he's going to be doing a lecture of his upcoming book. I'm going to read from it, Identity, uh, maybe in the second half of the program. And uh, he has a program coming up this Saturday at the Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore, the Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore and Coffee Bar. And the lecture series on his book, Identity. What is most seminar on Identity. And that is this Saturday from 7 to 10 p.m. And uh, the Black Dot is located at 6984 West Main Street in Lithonia. You know, and the number to call is 770 306 6373. 770 306 6373. Boy, come on now. Enunciate. And so uh, check out Baba Baruti this Saturday. He's starting to get out there now. I love it. You know, Baba Baruti, just a, just a dynamic brother. The Inye Sesim of daily revolutionary thought. The Inye Sesim. I've been gone a while, but I'm just going to read yesterday and today and do some catch up uh, on the Inye Sesim as I always. And um, this. Um, Maybe this Wednesday or so. Well, Wednesday, of course, is African Liberation Day. And so the focus will be on African Liberation Day because to me, that day is more important than really any day that we can think of as a day to be commemorated, a day to be so celebrated, a day that we're coming together because that's what we need. We need Africa to be liberated because Africa is liberated and Africa is united we, as African people, no matter where we are, are liberated and united. We, as African people. So it's very important that we recognize African Liberation Day. I would, man, if I had the big money, man, I'd have a big celebration, all kind of international, uh, African, um, no crackers, excuse me, no white folks, just Africans. You know, I, I, I ain't, you know, I ain't down with, you know, that. I mean, I think I'm going to read some stuff to you today. It's going to be interesting. But I, what I'm saying is, and, I, and I, I can't say enough about Caucasians who are anti-racist and who've done some things, and that's, you know. It just it reminds me of um, Reverend, uh, I think his name was Charles King, Richard King. He appeared on Donahue's show many times before, and his whole thing was, you know, you as white folks, you got to go tell your wife because they don't want to hear from us. You tell your white friends about their behavior. You check them. You do that. You know? Yeah. So, the Inye Sesim of Daily Revolutionary Thought, May 22nd. Never lend anybody the book that you want. You will never get, <laughs> how true this is, huh? You will never get it back. 
the Honorable Marcus Mosiah Garvey. It may appear otherwise, but more selfless words have never been spoken. This is true. Certainly those of us able to do so should be held accountable for building in the communal libraries our present and future minds so desperately need. Not only are many of these reading materials we need not found in the public libraries, but also we have to recognize that public libraries are social welfare. They are dependent upon tax dollars for survival. Common sense should tell us that even if the classics our children need to read are now in the public library, they they may not be able uh, to be available for them when we need them to be. Regardless, the private libraries we we build must be made readily available to the community, but with all due caution. Experience teaches us the lessons of loss to generous spirits because most times we cannot read intent. Both well and not so well intended individuals have been known not to return what is not theirs. With respect to the latter, the deception often out of jealousy or the desire to destroy all evidence of an African consciousness. The lack of home training of some with regard to others things should not deter us from sharing. We are the acquisitioners and guardians of our people's libraries. We have to open our shelves while establishing rules within Africans and can benefit from our libraries without the books themselves leaving our residency. So if you want to read it, come on by. Sit on down. (laughs) Yeah, there's some books that I'm quite sure you have some books that you definitely would not leave your presence, leave your home, you know. I mean, I know if you're like me, you definitely want to share knowledge. You truly do. You want to impart that knowledge to other brothers and sisters. There's no doubt about it. But, um, you know, and, and, and it's hard to say who will do this and who won't. Some you definitely know will do it. They'll take it, you know, and then have selective amnesia when they see you, you know, they, they know. In fact, when they see you, they know, you know, they have your possessions, your books or whatever it is, or they owe you money or whatever, you know, they know it. And then, of course, you may not confront them with it. You know, you might just be polite. Hey, now what's been happening? How you been? Da, 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 da. You know, but you know, see, some of those kind of people you want to buy off. You know, loan them some money. It was minimal, you know, twenty, thirty dollars, whatever. So he knows he can't come here no more. Now, hundreds of dollars are a different thing. I, you know, we're gonna be looking for you. <laughs> you know, and also with the books. If it's a if it's a book that I really want, and you know, hey, I'm coming to get it. Affirm, I share, but keep my library. That's right. Affirm, I share, but keep my library. May 23rd. Afrocentric practitioners do not practice nor teach accommodationism. The chosen way of those who are cowardly, those who fear or who cannot envision the holistic freedom and authentic independence. Cecil County Gray. We always have to bear in mind that this is not traditional African society. I repeat, this is not traditional African society. 
Ain't nothing. Ar- they want to erase anything. This is black. Okay? This ain't African. It's black. And black is just like white. Selfish. Greedy. Don't give a damn. It's what America is. Indi- America is what? Individualism. Materialism. Greed. And violence. It's not African. We do not live in a place where the cultural or social climate of our ancestors created prevails. Neither old or new Europe is our natural reality. Neither old or new Europe is our natural reality. They are not designed to benefit us. Instead, they are designed to destroy us and everything about us that is in any way contradicts European imperatives and dominance. They are designed to benefit Europeans. This society is designed to benefit Europeans. There is nothing about Western society has an unnatural, naturally occurring phenomenon that prizes or nurtures Africans. We cannot be normal here. We cannot be normal here. It cannot accommodate us as Africans. They cannot allow us to be free in their midst. To beg for either is irrational for any African advancing in our tradition. To beg these crackers for either that is irrational. Affirm, I fiercely walk in the light of our tradition. Affirm, I I furiously walk in the light of our tradition. Brothers and sisters, the Inye Sasim of daily revolutionary thought. Before I talk about my exploits and some other things, I want to play this this um, this particular piece because coming off of that, I think this is this is admirable. So I'm going to play this. So, brothers and sisters, you know, excuse me. So this uh, this particular piece is. Uh, This comes from Brother Paul. And, and you know, we love Brother Paul, man. From the UK. This is from Brother Paul. And uh, check it out. Hey, good morning. A lot has happened over the weekend. Starting on Friday, my dad had another stroke and uh, is still currently in the hospital. Friday was also the 13th, the only Friday the 13th we're going to have in 2022. We won't get another one until January. May 13th is also the 37th anniversary of the MOVE bombing, in which Philadelphia police saw it as their civic duty to bomb a black neighborhood. That happened 37 years ago on May 13th. Saturday, we had the super blood moon, and Sunday, we had the lunar eclipse, which I hope you got a chance to see. It was really cool. And between Friday the 13th and Monday the 16th, there were five mass shootings in this country. Five. An 18-year-old white man drove over 300 miles to Buffalo, New York, to kill people because he saw it as his civic duty to kill black people. In Texas, a white man drives over 600 miles to El Paso, Texas, to kill people because he sees it as his civic duty to kill Latinos. In Atlanta, Georgia, 
a white man drove around the city killing people because he saw it as his civic duty to kill Asians. Because historically in America, it's your civic duty to mistreat a marginalized group of people. Yet when you turn on the news, all the talking heads say the same thing. Oh, this is not who we are as Americans. This is not who we are as a nation. This is not who we are as a country. No, it's exactly who we are as a country. It's exactly who we are as Americans. Did you forget that this nation was founded on human trafficking, theft of indigenous land, genocide, and enslavement of Africans? Did you forget that in this country, white men were paid to kill indigenous people because it was their civic duty? Buffalo were nearly hunted to extinction because white people were trying to kill indigenous people. That's who we are as a nation. Even an Asian man took a page out of white America's playbook and shot up a church over the weekend. It's not just us as a nation, but us as a civilization. Western civilization went to hell when we started believing in white supremacy. Mass shootings are a part of white culture. It's what they do. In 1893, British soldiers went down to South Africa and killed about 1,500 Africans with a machine gun. They did the same thing in East Africa, killing over 2,000 people. They did the same thing with the indigenous populations of Australia. More recently, they did the same thing in Sweden, in New Zealand, in America. Today is Monday, May 16th, the 136th day of 2022. And so far, there have been 201 mass shootings. This is your culture. It's what you do. Yes, it is. It's what they do, brothers and sisters. It's who they are. You know, you can talk all that madness you want. It's not who we are as a country. You know, especially... I hear us saying that. That's just ridiculous. Sometimes, you know, when we say stuff, <laughs> it's not who we are. No, it's who they are. That's not who we are when it's really us. No, Mash, no, it's not who we are, but it's who they are. And, 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 and it is historic and systemic and institutional who they are. That's why to me, there is no getting around it. None. It cannot be done. It cannot be done. Now, you know, I saw this particular piece, and this is interesting. Since it's in that same vein, we'll go right away to that uh, to that article. You know, of... Um, Cassius Clay, and, you know, and I, I, I knew uh, Muhammad Ali was named after this man, Cassius Clay, because um, his grandfather had named um, his grandfather had named his son. Cassius Clay and then they named Muhammad Ali Cassius Clay you know because the grandfather did that because you know this man showed <clears throat> even though he was born into wealth a big plantation he became an abolitionist in 1810 Cassius Marcellus Clay 
was born into one of the wealthiest captive holding families in Kentucky. However, while studying at Yale University, he heard the radical abolitionist William Lord Garrison speak. It was a powerful experience that seriously challenged the beliefs of Cassius and that would which he was raised on and set him off on a path to embracing abolition. This prominent son of wealthy captive owners later served three terms, later served three terms in the Kentucky House of Representatives where his anti-captivity views led to attacks and assassination attempts. The stories of Cassius Clay Fighting off assailants sounded like the stuff of legend. During a heated public debate, for example, a hired killer fired a bullet into Cassius' chest. Just as Cassius was unsh- unsheathing his Bowie knife, and you know, that's that big, big ass knife, Jim Bowie, that big Bowie knife. Which took the hit and saved his life pulled his knife out, the bullet instead of hitting him in the chest hit his hit the knife right on. Despite having just taken the impact of a bullet, Cassius tossed the would-be assailant over an embankment after slicing off his nose and one of his ears. When six men wielding knives and clubs attacked Cassius Clay at a public meeting, he was stabbed in the back but was still able to end the fight by gutting one of them and causing the rest to flee. Yeah, and then with that Bowie knife. Yeah. In 1884, excuse me, in 1885, in 1845, in 1845, Cassius Clay began publishing an anti-captivity newspaper called True American. He installed armored doors at his printing uh, press as well as two cannons. It didn't stop a mob of 60 men from storming the press and forcing the publication to relocate to a free state, even as Cassius Clay himself remained in Kentucky. A decade and a half later, Cassius Marcellus Clay would organize the defense unit that protected the White House when the Civil War erupted. He served as a minister to Russia during the war, where he helped to secure Russia's support for the Union. When Lincoln recalled him from Russia in 1862 to serve as a general in the Union Army, Cassius publicly refused the position unless Lincoln issued a proclamation freeing all the captives under Confederate control, which Lincoln did later that same year. Nine years after his death in 1903, a man named Herman Heath Clay, whose ancestors had been enslaved by the Clay family, who'd been in, held in captivity, proper term, who'd been held in prop, captivity by the Clay family, named his son after the knife-welding abolitionist. The Cassius Clay was born in 1912, would later name his son Cassius Marcellus Clay Jr., better known to the world as Muhammad Ali. This story is part of a project to mobilize Caucasian people to radical justice by providing 
examples of, of what Caucasian anti-racism has looked like throughout the U.S. history. Read the version, the vision statement. We're not going to do that because let me just say this. You know, for all those Caucasians who uh, who believe in anti-racism and who do some things to uh, bring it on, right on to you, you know. But let me just say this. They ain't down with independence, self-determination, liberation, or sovereignty. They ain't down with that. They down with trying to have, have the society to be just, but the society is to still to be controlled by them. I don't know if anti-racists want to truly share equitably in the society. I don't know that. I don't know that anti-racists don't have a fear, innate fear of genetic annihilation because of the dwindling numbers of what you see some of these Caucasians who are doing because they recognize some of the anti-abortionists and so forth because they recognize their dwindling numbers. I don't know. You know, I don't know. All I, all I can say is that's them. And if they tell their men and women that we should not be doing this, and so I, I know that that would go well to some of the Negroes, you know, who just hope and pray that Caucasians would treat us right. But I am. I'm down with independence. I'm down with self-determination. I'm down with liberation. I am down with sovereignty. I'm down with us determining for ourselves our direction. Nobody outside of us says a damn thing about what we do and how we do it. If you down with that, then I'm down with you. If Caucasians want to, you know, and that's cool. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I worked with some Caucasians that were cool on the fire department, but I worked with some racist bastards too. Because if you understand and know me and you listen to this program, you know that the fire service historically to this day is one of the racist occupations that there is. Because of the unique working arrangements, you live in the firehouse. And, and, and nepotism and cronyism has always been systemic within the fire service. They want to make sure that their kids get these jobs, their nephews, their nieces, whatever. In fact, to this day, to this moment, fire departments across this country look like they had looked like they did in the 50s and the 60s, as opposed to the 70s and the 80s. In the 90s when affirmative action. And affirmative action was just like reconstruction. It didn't, it didn't last long. There was all kind of backlash. It didn't last long. Affirmative action didn't last long. Because these people who run this society could give less than a rat's ass about equality. Could care less about things being just. They don't operate like that. These people aren't into fair fight. You know, when you're looking at these Republicans and all this conservative, he's a true, I mean, he's a true conservative. What does it mean to conserve something? 
What does it mean to conserve something? To keep as is. For African people to keep what these Caucasians have done as is. Are you kidding? Are you insane? We need to be progressive. That's what I'm saying. We should not be Republican. Definitely not. And we should not be Democrat. One takes us for granted, Democrats, and one ignores us, Republicans. We should be independent and progressive. This is what we want. This is what we want. You going to deal with it? And then we'll support you. If you ain't going to deal with it, we ain't going to support you. We have to operate like that because in this situation, because we don't have the numbers. And what's interesting is that we've been 13% of this damn population for the last 40 years and still today, 13%. That doesn't even make sense, does it? No, it doesn't. But their numbers are dwindling. They found ways to, to keep us at bay through mass incarceration, homosexuality, addictions, substance abuse and so forth, white women, perception, the illusion of inclusion. And now because they don't want these Caucasian women to be born. No, have that baby and put it up for adoption. There's plenty of Caucasians looking for babies. Because I don't want y'all to adopt any of our kids and turn them into homosexuals like that damn Shalice Theron did. Adopted two young boys and, and turn them in. Man, I tell you. Yeah. Oh. Coming up on the top of the hour real soon. I'm having fun. I'm glad to be back. Had a great time in Milwaukee. Uh, the president, uh, uh, I um, attended a breakfast of guys that I grew up with and went to school with. That turned out to be great. And you know, when I did that back in October. It was about 30 when I did it on the 13th, Friday the 13th, which the brother on the uh, piece I played talked about. It was about 50. Yeah. Great. I did an African-centered presentation on ancient Kemet. Of course, on the uh, incorporated that piece from uh, Great Pyramid K 2019. Brothers and sisters, please. Go online to YouTube, Great Pyramid K 2019. I know it's long. Break it up in segments if that's how you can watch it. Whatever, but check it out. Great Pyramid K 2019. And so somebody pointed out, well, you, you can't uh, melt granite. I'm going to do the research. I'm going to do some research. And then still have it have the same property. So, But then again, my question was this. How do... In the king's chamber, how do those walls get there of granite? How did that rectangle sarcophagus get there of granite? Uh, yeah. So, check it out. We're going to take a break in a few minutes. And uh, we come back. Uh, Bubba Rudy, of course, is doing a presentation at the Black Dog Cultural Center and Bookstore and Coffee Bar. 
in Lithonia this this Saturday and from his book Identity and I'm gonna read from it. Just a lot of good stuff, man. Baba Broody's just outstanding. Great writer. So I'm gonna deal with that. And uh, and some other things and another discussion. I hope you can join the conversation. If there's something on your mind, give me a call at four one four three two four five no that's my number. Two one five four nine zero nine eight <laughs> um, haven't been back in a while and I'm leaving again yeah next Friday brothers and sisters the um, our program of Ex- Executive Development Institute to Dr. Carl Holmes Executive Development Institute EDI is going to resume next week Friday well actually um, that Monday that following Monday with classes all the way up to the graduation day on Friday. And uh, a number of firefighters from across the country, some from out of the country. Uh, I'm not sure about any Africans. And, you know, I haven't heard. I know I had uh, a number of Africans who came for many years to um, be a part of the program. So I'm not sure there is any Africans coming up, you know. But uh, so that's going to be uh, that Friday I'll be gone and then the following week then come back that Monday I think that's the 13th of June and then Juneteenth day is coming up yeah yeah, yeah nah, I, like I said you know to me there should be no comparison about what Juneteenth day is and what African Liberation Day is but being here in America you know and, and the fact that this system has promoted Juneteenth Day. In fact, they got some ice cream at Walmart. Some June damn teenth damn damn ice cream that you can buy at Walmart. I think I think is 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 probably uh, uh, Neapolitan, <laughs> or or it might even be uh, I don't know what the hell it is. But I'm telling you, man, <laughs> Juneteenth Day. They got celebrating getting two and a half more years of work out of us for nothing down in down in Texas when Granger uh, went to the balcony in Galveston, Texas and read the Emancipation Proclamation Juneteenth Day. I know that um, I'm supposed to get an award on the 11th of June, which is the time that I'm supposed to be coming back. So I may not be, to be able to go to Milwaukee to receive the award, I'm honored by the award. You know, I, you know, Juneteenth last year I was there um, because it was the 50th anniversary of Juneteenth, and I was there the, the, the year they started. And, and I think the only times I couldn't be there, I know one time I couldn't be there because I was working. You know, I couldn't get a trade because I was in, uh, on the fire department. I was new. You know, my probationary period. You know, and then a couple other times I was out of town. And I've attended Juneteenth Day out of town to a few places. So, I, you know, I understand Juneteenth, you know, but there's nothing like African Liberation Day. That is much more important for us to celebrate, you know, for us to understand and be a part of. African Liberation Day. So I'm going to take a break, a pause for the cause. You know, you be 
uh, right back, and uh, we'll have more discussion. And we also deal with Baba Baruti's book, Identity. Take some stuff out of there. Brothers and sisters, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. We'll be right back. Please stay with us. You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshie on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com.
You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Welcome back, brothers and sisters. Once again, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. Shakedown, Chicago stuffers. Yeah, I was in the in uh jays man they was stepping and bopping up in there they had the steppers up in there and it was keeping it live keeping it real yeah i don't know if you ever seen that uh chicago steppers shakedown if you go down to youtube put in shakedown and you can check it out for yourself guess it's smooth yeah other programming we have here on time for an awakening media this evening from eight to nine black therapy central with dr maria cambon and nataki cambon and then tomorrow, tomorrow night at 8, from 8 to 10, Black Reality Think Tank with Dr. William Rogers. And then on Wednesday, the Black Farmers Report from 8 to 9 on Wednesday. And then Friday at 8 p.m., time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. On Saturday, from 7 to 9, they Sankofa Elders Council. And then on Sunday, once again at 7 p.m., it is time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. And the number to call is 215-490-9832, 215 215- Four nine zero nine eight three two. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, I'm going to talk to my good brother, brother Mike Brown in Buffalo so we can get a perspective from him, former firefighter and brother in the community. So to talk about that situation with the Caucasian who drove 300 miles and to kill black folks because it's just uh, that piece I just played you, you feel it's their civic duty, you know, civic duty to kill marginalized groups and maintain the dominance and control that they've established for themselves, you know, it's their civic duty. So we'll talk about that and also too, brother uh, Reggie Jackson has a couple of good articles out and he's been my guest a time before. Outstanding brother, he's a Dolson. That means he gives tours of the Holocaust Museum, America's Black Holocaust Museum, located in Milwaukee. Brother Reggie Jackson. That's one thing about two cities, Buffalo and Milwaukee, two of the most segregated cities. That's why you could do something like that in Buffalo. You know, maybe in where my good brother, Brother Irv Lewis lives in Baltimore you probably couldn't do that because there's black folks all over the place but they're not segregated they're all over the place but there are pockets that are where people live in Baltimore that aren't doing too well and then of course there are areas just like here in Atlanta you know where people are doing exceedingly well you know but shit in Milwaukee and in Buffalo we ain't doing well <laughs> I mean yes we got some brothers and sisters that are doing quite well too I'm quite sure they have that in Buffalo. I haven't been to Buffalo in many years. Like to go to Buffalo. I really did. Liked I like Buffalo. Good firefighting brothers, but Murray and Er and Condi. Condi Peoples. His daughter. Yeah. <clears throat> um Baba Baruti will be at the um, Black Dog Cultural Center and Bookstore <clears throat> in Lithonia uh this weekend. And um at uh, from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. in his book, uh, Identity. There'll be book signings and so forth. And uh, he'll make a presentation. 
seminar on the book Identity, and I plan to be there, uh, you know. Although, yes, there's, there's going to be a basketball game Saturday, probably, and probably not. And you know what? I don't care. I mean, I could always, you know, because you can go onto YouTube. Well, here I am with YouTube. You can go on YouTube, and they do about a 10-minute summary of the game, which is the highlights of the game, 10 minutes. And so, you know, they can give you a good gist of the game that you missed. Seeing the whole game, you got the highlights of it. So it works out perfectly. The ascendant identity. The important point here is that culture is much deeper and more essential to the historical character of a people than technological advancement. That culture is the basis on which technology is built. Further, technologies reflect the historical and cultural assumptions of the nation in which they are spawned. The basis for our future as a people must begin with a clear understanding that our identity and our origins are the essential components of African culture. To understand our status and our future as a people, we must know our culture. We must know the essential dynamics and invariant features of that culture. Kwame Gatuho Koto. That's that's the best I can do. <laughs> In order for people to extend themselves through time intact, they must pass themselves, their personality and lessons learned, down through each successive generation of ascendance. If not, they lose themselves in time. In addition to their spiritual essence, these things must be taught and brought out. Technological know-how and life's lessons do not come through osmosis. If they did, there would be no need for socialization. And whether native or alien, newcomers to the society must be taught that people's reasons and beliefs, their priorities and preferences and dislikes and likes and pleasures, they have to become skilled in manipulating these social fundamentals or at minimum master of the root application of the logic behind organic, mechanical, and spiritual choices in order to become well integrated, relatively indistinguishable members of that society. Further, each must be made aware of how things work and why they are chosen to work in that people's particular and idiosyncratic ways. Socialization and tradition are two factors most directly associated with this process whereby this knowledge base is intergenerationally transferred. A group's power, or rather, its motherland's power relative to that of the host society is often the more decisive factor in determining the degree to which this introduction comes easy or debilitates them through what has been termed cultural shock. This, along with the intensity of the desire to become fully assimilated into it and perception of the individual uh, and his or her motherland by those in their new host country, is a significant determinant of the type of reception likely to be received by the newcomer, whether native or alien. Given that our essence and, and outcome have been so severely falsified, in the European mind, we must go 
outside their politicized social sciences if we are to correctly examine, understand, and formulate socialization and tradition for African people. If the sovereignty of African people is at the center of our ambitions, then these two vital aspects of our existence as a sane people must be generally explained as a process directly and ultimately defined as and regulated by our original culture. We can no longer afford to confuse our way with theirs. See, and, and the problem is because we've been trained and alienated from ours, we think this deviation of this culture that we have embraced and, and exemplified a subculture is us. It is not. It is not us. It is definitely not African, and you know that. In that there is a constant push for us to divorce ourselves from the very idea of tradition, especially African tradition. Wherever in European society, our definition of tradition requires an acely centered framework. This is especially because of the effectiveness of the rabbit even comical confusion over the significance and even the presence of tradition. Such confusion is clearly recognizable in the self-denying statements of so many Negroes and lost souls, some even claiming an African interest, who claim to have no traditions except those which they now create in this new world for themselves. Yeah, these new worlds for themselves. Hey, hey. That's a nuisance. <laughs> Two healing social processes which moves us in the direction of our tradition, identity and ascended identity, are re-Africanization and nation building. They specifically deal with the revaluation, self-diagnosis, and, and reconceptualization and unqualified empowerment of Africans as we naturally are and should be. As such, they embody radical revolutionary transformations, which can only be accompanied and accomplished by Africans who recognize and venerate their true, uncontaminated, uncompromised spiritual, social, and cultural origins. No sane African would deny the importance of these two vital and constructive concepts, given our, uh, given our current situation and the conditions which brought us to this uh, to this narrative as a people. These two processes will also be discussed. Socialization. Socialization is a process whereby an individual is molded into the image of his or her people. It is the intergenerational transference of an invested, involved, participatory identity through a continuous, protracted training in our in how to correctly think and behave by significant others around him or her who can range from parents, siblings, peers, teachers, to media figures. Each person becomes a connected, functional, socially adapted being within the context of the socializing group or society. Through selective rewards and punishments, people are taught what it means to be the kind of person considered normal in their culture. When progressively self-imposed throughout the individual's life, assuming a proper maturation, 
Rewards and punishment can also be used by the individual to mold him or herself into the mirror image of those that she or he sees and believes to be models of the ideal type of person among him or her people. Character in accordance with cultural dictates and whether recognized as such or not develops a functional functionality of individuals socialization socialization is a function of the nature imperatives and character of the societal institutions of one's people and as such it is a lifelong process in that there are appropriate thought and behavior patterns fitting each age group as the person moves from birth through transition without doubt socialization is an important determinant of human behavior. If this were not the case, then humans would not be among the top three mammals whose offspring remain with their parents, who remain with their parents the longest. Since we are born with no rival instincts, abilities, children remain dependent on adults for purposes of basic education, protection, and sustenance until they are judged mature enough to master their own independence. We stay as dependent social students for the extended period of time it is necessary to take to learn and to defend for self and our society and physical environment. Other biologically bound species have no such problem negotiating the importance of decisions of life because they're instinctively wired from birth. Some are so wired from birth, they come out of the out of the the, the birthing period, whatever how that it happens. Whether it's a whole bunch of eggs or a whole bunch of, I mean, whatever how it happens, and they move from that point instinctively. But we as humans, and some 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 of us now are, are stuck to our parents, not just for eighteen twenty years. But 18, 20 more years. Deep, ain't it? Most important to our analysis here, culture in <clears throat> interacts with the individual thought is control over what society and personal priorities are imparted in the socialization process. process. Each culture promotes a particular personality type, having its own worldview and interpretation of reality as well as the vital, active, self-preserving giver of meaning to all brought within its domain. Culture is a living entity which consciously and diligently works to pass on its identity to the society and its citizens, regardless of how individualized they may appear on the surface. In Amos Wilson's words, Dr. Amos Wilson, Socialization, while an adaptive functional process, is also restrictive process in that it confines the individual to a relatively narrow range of what is considered acceptable and non-punishable forms of action, beliefs, and values. The socialization process involves the shaping of the individuals to fit a socially engraved perception, cognitive, and behavioral mode thereby determining how the individual perceives, thinks, and behaves in the world. The individual is expected to play a socially defined role in his group's 
by means of which he or she is contributed to the preservation and advancement of the group. The group subscribes particular roles and sets of behaviors to sex, genders, occupational status, kinship, relationships, etc. The group rewards these individual attributes and attitudes and behavior tendencies that are congruent with its expectations. The person whose attitudes and behaviors are congruent with his group's expectation trends to develop and maintain a feeling of oneness and belongingness with his group and shares with the other group members a group consciousness. The person then identifies him or herself and the group has one and the same and thus any unfair attack against this group is seen as an attack upon the person themselves. Any any degeneration of the group is felt as a degeneration of the self. Tradition. When it comes to either tradition or culture and customs, there is a great confusion. Quite clearly, this confusion serves the political agenda of those who want to separate us from our roots and others. And to to this end, these anti-African forces would have us direct our attention more toward customs in various African spaces and times than on the constant tradition and the culture it has engendered because it leads us to see greater divisions than unity. This sub this subchapter seeks to address this misdirection by bringing the distinction between customs and the larger social phenomenon of tradition, which is the mother of culture and a more direct and deeper expression of the Asili than even the culture it creates. Customs must be brought into sharper focus relative to tradition as well as culture to understand its um, superficiality and less importance in identifying the mind of a people. Primarily, this distinction needs to be made so that we can correct the widespread problems of a people unknowingly confusing the two. Relative to our African identity, we, we especially need to make this distinction because of those who intentionally mislead us into believing that they are nearly interchangeable concepts or that, or that, or that custom is a better tool for understanding the spirit and a way of a people than tradition. In short, tradition is the first child of the Asili. Traditions are based, are time-tested, habituated thoughts, words, and behaviors. They express a people's spirituality, guided and developed, mundane interests at their clearest, grandest, and most enduring level. Has the most long-standing practice, the way of thinking and doing, they are encoded in a practice of everyday ritual and life, which expresses and reinforces a people's core. This cosmology, spiritual beliefs about how life, reality should operate and be, has unchanged patterns of thinking, speaking, and doing, created out of a 
worldview formed from a people's personality. Tradition brings consistency and order to existence. Relative to a people's tradition form timeless and unchangeable collections of social arrangements and manners derived from their interpretation of themselves within the universe. They are fundamental and directly captured and reflect the beliefs of a people's hold that they hold dear. They socially summarize in thought, word, and deed the core values and vision of a people hold sacred. And as such, they are inseparable from their uncontaminated culture. Culture and tradition are inexplicably intertwined as they are direct expressions of each other. Generally speaking, tradition is the most progressively evolving collection of these practices versus culture is things, ideas, and practices which are as evident of their timeless beliefs. They are the culture's resources and make it real through a wealth of rituals included in and covering every aspect of life and living. They, in, they therefore reinforce the spirit. Given the ever-changing influence and external threats and conditions, the expression of tradition can be quite adaptable, fluid, and fluidly. It is, if its people are to live, it must, it must survive. However, its spirit and cultural child of that spirit cannot fall subject to the winds of adversarial change. Traditions, socialization, identity, identity. So this um, Saturday at the Black Dot Cultural Center and bookstore and coffee bar serving delicious Cameroon boil, you'll hear Baba Baruli. And uh, I look forward to it. I look forward to the presentation. Give us a call at 215. 490-9832-215-490-9832. Uh, I'm just feeling uh, good about being back here in Milwaukee. Try We try to um, uh, hook up Brother Muhammad because it was Malcolm's birthday last week, Wednesday, and the fact that uh, uh, he wanted to talk about the documentary, Who Killed Malcolm X. Uh, we couldn't get the brother who did the documentary, but we had two other Muslim brothers lined up um, out of Indianapolis. And we were going to uh, have conversation. And uh, one brother had uh, some, you know, some audio that we could have played. And we're still going to do that because it doesn't have to be Malcolm's birthday or it doesn't have to be February 21st, the day that he was assassinated. It's always right at any time to talk about Malcolm, talk about Malik El-Shabazz. Because Malik El-Shabazz, as we all know, is a model. Is the model. I, I, I can't speak for anyone but myself in this respect. 
but he was the model for me. He was the model. And then Muhammad Ali. <laughs> Courage. I love Muhammad Ali. You know, I loved when he was talking all that smack. Yeah. Yeah, in seven, he won't mess around. I'm going to send him to heaven, you know, all them rhymes and everything like that. But then I really loved him when he was speaking to Caucasians with his head held high and basically saying to them, you know, this is what you've done to us. Yeah, Muhammad Ali. And so, and Malik Shabazz. I loved him. I loved his courage. I mean, it's not that I did not like uh, Martin. Definitely loved him, respected him, respected him, but some some way I've, you know, gravitated. And And when he died, I wasn't that much aware of who he truly was, honestly, when he died February 21st in 1965. You know. But his courage, he was not afraid. And he was principled. He was principled. I had to, you, to me, you have to admire a man like that and and who sacrificed his family to speak on our behalf lovely so um so Baba Barudia will be speaking on this Saturday and um I'll hook up with Brother Muhammad and we'll try to make that thing happen, make that uh, presentation happen on on Malcolm and some of the things that these brothers have to say, particularly as it relates to the nation of Islam. And it's unfortunate because the the, the, the guys at the Newark Mosque, particularly the, knew the one that pulled that shotgun out of his trench coat and you see him walking by uh one of the persons who I guess is being arrested and of course they arrested two men and those two men served many years and from my understanding the nation did not do anything for those two men. They allowed two men to go to prison for a crime that they did not commit and did nothing for those two men or their families. I find that really seriously egregious. I really do. You know, and I'm upset by that because, you know, you would think that the nation, I don't know. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll get off into that conversation. Um, we're off into any conversation you want to get off into right now. It's up to you. It's up to you. I pretty much uh, 
did the things that I want to do. I know we got a few minutes. So whatever it is that you want to talk about or anything that we've already discussed, you know, because um, the, the reality is, is that this dialogue, this discussion must be ongoing. And then it must be with action. It must be with action. Because doesn't nothing happens without action. There's all kinds of conversation. And we need action. We need to lay out the plan and have men and women implement that plan and then to have um, them come back to reevaluate and see how the plan is operating. Does it need to be changed? Does it need to be tweaked? <clears throat> and that plan should be about liberation, self-determination, sovereignty. It to me is the only way, it's the only solution I know I'm not going to offer any other solution than that. I wouldn't dare say that integration and, and assimilation and working with Caucasians is going to solve problems that have happened to African people. No. But what I don't understand is our leadership I mean, I do, because I know how it is, how it is affected by the narratives of the European and the actuality of the European in terms of how they want to just continue to dominate and control things. Yeah. So uh, I look forward to that. I look forward to Wednesday to talk about African Liberation Day. As I said to me, that that's a day that uh, we as African people should be talking about, should be celebrating. We should have all kinds of things happening on Wednesday. All kinds of speakers, music, documentaries, reenactments all controlled by us and all in the same vein for African, promoting African liberation African self-determination African sovereignty I mean I know some of us are that we support Juneteenth Day and we look forward to um, the men and women who uh, you know been affected by it and support it and I know <laughs> and what's interesting you don't hear reparations in Juneteenth Day 
At least I haven't. I'm quite sure that somebody has melted those together, and then they should, you know. But I haven't heard it. And, and of course, too, because of my idea of reparations. You know, I know there are some families that have been impoverished for generations. And, and, and would not deny them the opportunity to receive money to alleviate their generational suffering. But by the same token, I'm down with reparations to repair us. That would be the greatest thing to receive reparations globally for what happened to Africans and Africans in the diaspora. This ain't just about uh, what happened to Africans who are in America or Africans who are in the Caribbean or Africans who are in Central America and South America or anywhere else as opposed to the Africans who are on the continent who have suffered tremendously as well. No. This is a program initiated by Africans globally. Africans on the continent, Africans in the diaspora who are saying to Europeans, America, Australia, you name it. These are our demands. And see, let me say this. If Africans had control of the continent with its resources, those demands could very well and very easily be met because of the mineral resources that Africa has not being ripped off by Caucasians, manipulated, undermined, scrutinized, none of that. We are in total control. And we're in a position to manufacture. Just like that Caucasian with a Howard Nichols, I've been telling you about it. You can, once again, easy this time, brothers and sisters, a number of videos that you can go to, afropedia.com. Afra, A-F-R-I dash pedia, P-E-D-I-A dot com, Afropedia dot com. They even have the religious piece from George Carlin on there. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Joe Pesci. Because to me, one of the one of the main contentions against Africans becoming independent, self-determining and liberated is religion. Not spirituality, religion. The religion of Christianity specifically. But the, but the religion of Islam as well. 
religion. And we can see how that religion has messed up our messed up our minds, causing great conflict within ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. This is one of those days when I'm gonna talk to myself. <laughs> and not even not even my guy Jay gonna call me. Man. Okay. But if you uh, give me a call at 215-490-9832-215-490-9832. Yeah. Yeah, That's what you're not supposed to have on radio family. Dead air. Got to be saying something. You can't have these long, these pregnant pauses. You got to be uh, on it, you know. But what I'm trying to do is lead you in so you can, you know, dial that number, lift up that, you know, phone, and uh, engage in this dialogue, you know, because it's necessary. Yes. 215, 215. Good afternoon. Yes, sir. Can you hear me? I can hear you well. Go ahead. How you doing today, brother? This is, this is ABCT, brother. Hey, man. How you been? Brother, I'm still alive. Brother. Right on. I haven't called you, haven't called you in a while. That's right. I've been doing a lot of research. Okay. And I've uh, been, been a little distraught, man, because of our uh, situation. And it seems that if we have too many sleepwalkers and you know i I just turn more to god to uh lead me and i ask for uh courage knowledge wisdom patience understanding love and compassion discernment and clairvoyance because uh i can't help people anymore they they just won't open their eyes they just you know so so it bothered me such that i had to withdraw in and not talk anymore because of the things that i told people about have had come into fruition and then when i i look at people and they act like i didn't tell them and they don't want to even talk about these issues mm-hmm. so it made me feel like i was pretty much alone in the world okay so you know you know about this new uh the who taking over the united states of america no well in a week the WHO will control all facets of every country. Legislation that was drawn up by the Democrats and the Retardicans mm-hmm. in you <laughs> has agreed. Now, who's the, I mean, the, you're saying the, it's not the World Health Organization WHO, but it's some yes. other, yes, you're saying no, yes. It is. Oh, okay. It is. The WHO mm-hmm. now sets precedent. In one week, we have one week, everyone should be, which I have done throughout the two years. The mayor won't meet me, won't debate me. Every representative in every county in this state, I have called. I've tried the vice president, the the president themselves, the surgeon general. No one will debate me on my facts and my certifications in uh, infectious disease and and, and this, this, this pandemic. 
So everyone is a board and no one actually cares. So the who, you can go look this up. Okay. Whatever you, you, you get off of this. The who now will have control to shut every country down on any pandemic, they will say that obesity is a pandemic. Climate is next, mm -hmm. and they will have the power to mm -hmm. forcibly, they're voting this week, the Democrats have agreed to allow you to be removed from your home and put into a quarantine camp. Now, I worked for the government. I have FEMA certifications. I've been telling people for nine years that those places are up and running. No one listened. They offer jobs. You can look up the NIMS in the government site of job offerings. Mm. And these offerings, now that they have, they have these certification classes that you take, which allow you to come in someone's house and go into any area. You can now go past a no trespassing sign. They can be in your house waiting for you now. And this is in effect. This is not a warning. This is DEFCON 2. And now, once this passes, I mean, I, that's why I'm all in prayer with God. I am left in a situation to decide what should I do. Should I just go into the lion's den or should I just become a warrior? I have no idea what to do, so I've been in much prayer that this is in effect. The who is not lying about anything they're doing, and they just had a meeting, the WEC Leonardo DiCaprio, all of these actors and all of these people were there. Mm -hmm. And I said they need more souls. They said this. It's not hard to find. And when I talk to people, they're triple masked up. Mm -hmm. I tell them, OSHA regulations, I've worked with OSHA. When you work with a mask, even a KN95 mask, you only can wear it for 20 minutes. Then we have to tell them to come out of the area and they have to take off the mask so they can get air, put on a new mask, and go back into these areas. Right, because you're breathing in carbon dioxide. Because you, you, you let off, you know, you, know you, you, you take in oxygen and you expel carbon dioxide, but because of that mask holding it in, now you're starting to breathe in carbon dioxide. Yeah. Which means you are wearing a Petri dish. Mm-hmm. Dish. I mm -hmm. listen. I'm telling you, I'm so distraught. I was, you know, I, I'm in more more praying with and close to God than ever before. My nephew had a mask that he left in my vehicle. I picked the mask up and opened it up. It looked like it was bloody on the mm -hmm. inside of the mask. I almost threw up. People aren't even watching these bras. They use bras. They don't even remove the inner lining of bras, and they're telling people to wear. So anyway, back to my story. So I'm telling people, I told these representatives, only one debated me out of 68. One debate, he didn't even debate me. He just went on what he knew that they told him to do. And I said, listen, sir, I have these certifications. I have the paperwork to show you. I'm telling you that that will make you sick because your lung is a filter. Right. So anyway, now that they're rolling all of this back, and they have this new, it's not new, because Bill Gates said it, and I said Said it on word. Look, I'm not even going to say the stations. I don't even go to these stations no more. They won't let me talk. They mm. won't let me tell anything. He said that they need a billion dollars, and we have to give them a billion dollars for the next pandemic. It could be found on YouTube. It could be found anywhere. He says, if not, there's going to be another pandemic. Mm. So all of a sudden, now let me tell you something. I worked in level four 
I can tell you where these sites are, and we have one in the city of Philadelphia, bio-level four labs. I worked in these labs, and I worked in a lot of labs. And I'm telling you now, they said that a truck overturned and monkeypox got out. Now, these are terrorists. They just said that they needed a billion dollars or else, and not one Democrat or retardican or independent dumbass has <laughs> said anything. I need mean, mm-hmm. to keep arguing the same points, and now the who will have control to put whatever they want out there and do whatever they want. So I'm calling you to tell you this. They just had a rehearsal in Texas for a dirty bomb emittance. The border has been wild op- wide open, and they let a lot of people in who put these materials together. Okay. So I'm telling you. You have to purchase if you can, because I purchased mine already. I set potassium iodide tablets, which treats the thyroid, and it helps you through radiation. See, the body absorbs radiation normally anyway. That's what the thyroid gland is for, and it dissipates most of it. This potassium iodide will help if a dirty bomb goes off, and you'll be able to get this radiation out of you. Secondly, for this monkeypox mixture that they gave people through this so-called, well, I call it genetic cold injection. It had herpes. It had uh, a carrier of, uh, what is that called, a rhinovirus. They had a, a, a HIV proponent in there that allowed this thing to get inside you and had a encasement of poly, I'm, I'm juggling my words, but this encasement of poly is a cancer producer. It allows it to get to a second level inside of your body which then allows the spike protein to get in and penetrate your cells, okay? So now you need, for all of this stuff that they have, that they have people incubating, you're going to need something, and I'm going to spell it for you. You're going to need S-A-R-R-A-C-E-N-T-A perp. It's a flower. It's used to treat monkeypox and all any type of pox or any type of ailment in your body. You need to look that where, up. And anyone else is listening? Where is this flower located? Where do you get Well, you can – it's on sale at Amazon. Any place that sells natural herbs, you can buy okay. this stuff. But a lot of the stuff – And what's, stuff, that, what's that again? You know, Spell it again. Okay. S-A-R-R-A-C-N-C-E. N I A. Oh, hold on, hold P- on, hold on, hold on. S A R R A C N C E N C E N I A I A T U R P T U R P P as in Paul. As in perp. P U R P P. And you need the. I-O-S-A-T, potassium iodide tablets. Iodide tablets. Because this is real. This is not a drill. They have rehearsed it. We, just to explain, when we do mocks, when we have done mocks, we, we, we hire crisis actors. Nobody believed it. No, I told them years ago there were crisis actors. We are crisis actors, and then we, you know, uh, make them up to look like their part of their head is missing, you know, all right. these type of things. Then we run drills. Right. And when we ran drills, I was responsible for putting on the suit 
and using a personal respirator. This respirator helps you breathe inside of the suit. So that's why I was telling people, this mask stuff would never help you. And it still wouldn't help me. I still could be uh, susceptible to any agent because nothing is guaranteed. So I would teach that. I worked at Jefferson. I worked at CHOP. I worked at all these places, and I put this stuff on, and we, I mean, we ran these drills. So now if you look at event 201, I want you to look up event 201. And where do you look at, where do you get that at, event? Event 201. That is the rehearsal before 2019 when that rat-faced punk killer who killed more people with the AIDS and the swine flu and his killer drugs like rindesivir, which if you get that, if you go to the hospital, I'm telling people now, you better listen, if you go to the hospital and they tell you to take rindesivir or put it on you, you're dead. No one makes it after getting rindesivir. It wasn't approved, and Fauci, it was, a, it was about to expire. And they had to run this pandemic to make it useful so he can make money. That is his invention. Hmm. So this devil, these demons, are playing and killing people regularly, and most people only care about Kardashian asses, PlayStation 4s, and Gucci. <laughs> so now, so, so event 201, where do I get that? Yeah. Do I go on, I mean, online to get that information? Hey, you, you, you can look it up. I mean, you, look you it may up. take research. I don't use Google. I use Brave. Okay. Don't use Google. Google is made to give you disinformation. Okay, now you, you said you looked up through Brave? B- Brave B- web browser. B-R-A-V-E. Brave. Okay. That's the web browser I use. Okay. And if you want, you can just go on YouTube because they're not even hiding that. Mm-hmm. They're only hiding saying use vitamin D, vitamin C, right. ivermectin. They don't care about this stuff because they know the sheeple aren't going to look it up. So when you look up event 201, your jaw is going to drop. And then you look up 2019 when Fauci said that there's going to be a surprise virus mm-hmm. when Trump, while Trump was in office. And they laughed and they played this and planned it. Mm-hmm. So all I'm calling to just let everybody know that this is DEFCON 2. So this war stuff, with Finland, if, if the United States and the NATO allows Finland and Sweden to join NATO, that is cornering Russia, which we are already in World War III, but we're going to World War IV. That is the AI. I, I told you this before. The AI becomes in. This is when they have these new killer drones that mm-hmm. are suicide. And people think people are getting blown up because there's gas gas uh, uh, problems and, and, and oh, the gas is going, you know, Obama admitted it and it can be found on YouTube that I'll kill you. I'll kill your ass with a drone. He said, yeah. no, I'm not joking. Yeah. No, you're right. That's why uh, Barack Obama, I have no, no love for that man at all. You know? you know, I'm a close on this. 
his first initiation into the devil organization, which I'm sure he probably was already a part of, was to kill those Africans, those pirates. Now, you remember that movie called, um, it had right, Tom the, Hanks in it? Right, Tom Hanks in it, yeah. yeah. Well, if people forgot or didn't care to look up mm-hmm. that those pirates said on their coast of Africa, all of these boats and ships sit out, and then they send these boats and they walk through their communities grabbing their children and their women, taking them into the mines, having them work for nothing, chopping off their arms and their legs and raping their women, mm-hmm. and then leaving, walking through the same village with all of their minerals from the motherland and taking it on those ships. So the pirates couldn't fight them that way. They decided to wait out in the ocean. So when they came out there, they would take over the ships. So they turned it around. Now, you remember back in the day, Blackbeard, it's funny how they love romanticize pirates and, and, and the mob, the mm-hmm. suits, and you know, all right. the wise guys, right. the black people and thugs. It's always this and that. Mm-hmm. But now, pirates are bad. But then you can still watch Blackbeard and people go, oh, Blackbeard! So, yeah. so this little trickery that they've been running has brought me to the end that I had to withdraw for a while. But the Lord re. re- I'm glad you've been revived, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this information on, on right now, and this is deep. It really is Brother, family. Yeah, all I ask is share, because yeah. when they come, I know they're coming for me. I know uh, I've already had visits before, so mm-hmm. you, know, you, you can't be afraid all your life because you're going to die. Anyway, anyway, you've got to die fighting. you gotta, you okay. got to. Just don't lay down. You just don't let this shit happen. You got to die fighting. Listen, I'm up against time, my brother. All right, brother. I appreciate you calling, and good good to hear from you. And, and once again, you always provide some very thought-provoking information, deep stuff, and appreciate that. Uh, continue to listen. Um, man, and uh, we'll be maybe call you up and talk about this in depth for doing a whole program God about bless. this. Okay? God bless. You too, dear brother. Peace to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Three four seven three four seven. Good afternoon. Hey, Oshi, I see you back, huh? Yes, I'm back, Jay. I'm back, bro. I man, to tell you the truth, man, I forgot that you was you was on, man, and um, I'm glad I got a chance to hear a little bit of the programming. Yeah. I'm glad you made it back sound and safe, man. And right on. you know, I know you got it in the show, so you know I'll just leave it. I'll just leave it right there, man. But I'm right. glad you back safe and sound, black right man. On. Peace to you, Jay. Hotel, my brother. Hotel. Right Hotel. We end this program like we end all of our programs with the words of Stephen Biko: "The most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the minds of the oppressed." This program is dedicated and committed to helping to free the African mind. But not just the M-I-N-D, but the M-I-N-E, because under the feet of African people lies all of the resources that everybody wants, think they can't do without, and they sure in the hell don't want to pay for. Brothers and sisters, you have a blessed and wonderful day. Be safe out there. Shemhotep means go in peace. Asante sana means thank you. Abibifahorye means our victorious destiny. Brothers and sisters, we will. Be victorious. You have a blessed and wonderful day. See you on African Liberation Day on Wednesday. African Liberation Day, family. Peace.